Turn to the longest book in the Bible. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. After three weeks of lectures or messages, I don't call them lectures because that sounds so boring, uh, messages on why we use the King James Version, and you ought to look that up on our website, whitfieldbaptist.com, and uh, see uh, why we believe that, the history of it, and then all the translations and the comparison of it. And uh, I decided that I needed to preach on the Word of God tonight, or the Lord, the Holy Spirit did. And I want to preach a message entitled, What to Do with the Best of Books. What to Do with the Best of Books. In Psalms 119, 176 verses. We're going to read them all, not really. Uh, all 176 verses are about the Word of God and the importance thereof and the importance of what you do with it. And uh, thank God that we have the Word of God. You ought to be thrilled that you can take the Word of God and share it like last Wednesday or Wednesday before, and a young lady can get saved. Amen, Miss Tiffany? Praise God. That's wonderful. That's what we live for, to see people saved. And um, it's the greatest uh, thing that ever happened to a person. I say when I was 11 and a half years old, son of a drunk, didn't have anything to offer God, but he had a whole lot to offer me, and he changed my life radically. And I uh, thank God I had to go through the teenage years without God. I don't know where I'd be today. I know I wouldn't be preaching. And I wouldn't have started a church 43 years ago here. Uh, I don't know what I'd be doing. But I know I'd be doing uh, less than this. And I thank God for the privilege, the awesome honor it is to stand with the Word of God and preach it and teach it every Sunday and every Wednesday night. So if you'll stand in all the Word of God, we're just going to read 16 verses out of the 176. And after I studied this afternoon, studied and studied, I thought, my word, i got a series on this thing. Uh, so many great truths in Psalms 119, but we're just going to try to major on one verse tonight. It says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. I like that. Starts out with a blessing and talks out of, starts out with walking. You ought to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Don't be just hearers of the word, be ye doers. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with, here's a phrase, the whole heart, the whole heart. They also do, iniqui do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep my statutes, thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. I, oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from the commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Let me repeat that verse. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I rejoice in the way of the testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts 
I have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good singing, good worship. Thank you, Lord, that we could take the Lord's Supper together as a church because the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. And we have fellowship one with another because the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Thank you for that fellowship. And thank you, Lord, for sonship. Thank you, Lord, for saving our unworthy souls. And God, thank you for leaving us the book, the greatest of all books, the inspired, inerrant, preserved Word of God. Now, Lord, please speak through your Word. Please, dear God, help us to realize what we need to do and what our goal ought to be in life. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for teaching us something and challenging us uh, to live according to thy precepts. And Lord, we pray, Lord, if there's one that's lost tonight, that they'll be saved. God, one that's drifted away from loving your word and, and uh, meditating on your word daily. God, may they get things right tonight. And we're going to praise you and thank you for what you're doing in and through the message you've laid on my heart. In Jesus' name. And for your glory we preach. Amen. You know, David used several terms for the Word of God in verses 1 through 7. He said God's testimony in verse 2. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. The word whole heart's mentioned many times in this book. That's the way we ought to be here today, worshiping the Lord. Some people are half-hearted about this. Uh, you ever had a half-baked potato? Isn't that disgusting? Amen. I mean, you know, it's hard. It's cold. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. It's not white. It's sort of off-colored. You know, it's the off-hours at the big uh, Captain D's or wherever you might get a baked potato. We shouldn't be half-baked. We ought to be wholehearted. Amen. We ought to be all the way. What to do with the best of books? It's called precepts in verse 4. He calls them statues in verse 5. He calls them commandments in verse 6. And then in verse 7, he calls the Word of God judgments, righteous judgments. Thank God he's the judge. And thank God the Bible is right. Amen? And folks, I want to tell you something. It all comes down to this key verse that I'd like to preach tonight on verse 11. The Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, I believe David had a desire and a longing to please God. Yes, he failed. He failed awful. Praise God, he humbled himself. That's what we're studying on Wednesday night, the Beatitudes. He was poor in spirit, not, not had a poor spirit, and he got right with God. And he, Psalms 51, Psalms 32 says he got thoroughly right with God. He even confessed the very nature of his sinful nature. And so he had a great desire and longing to please God and he had a consuming passion to be holy and to be delivered and forgiven from, every, from sin in every shape and form and to live a God-glorifying, sanctified life. Now folks, if that's not your desire, you're missing the whole point of the Christian life. The Christian life is to be sanctified. I mean set apart for His glory and His honor. Some people get into the Christian life for the happiness of it. Well, folks, there's no happiness unless there's holiness. If you're not right with God, you're unhappy. The most miserable person sitting in these pews tonight 
is the one that's not right with God and not right with each other. And folks, they're a backslidden. And so I want to see just three simple things um, about the, this verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And I'd like to stay with this one verse, but I know I won't because there's so much in Psalms 119 uh, that I'll probably give you a few verses. Amen? And um, might make it a series for a while. But uh, I appreciate the last three weeks, Brother Jeremy. And I appreciate uh, your teaching and the history of it and uh, the hours and hours that's went into this. And he's so excited about Rock of Ages using that in their college. And it's finished now and they'll be using that. But I want you to see the best of books, the best of places, and the best of reason for letting the Word of God be hid in your heart. First of all, I want you to notice the best of books. It's described as thy word. Don't you like that thy? That doesn't offend me a bit. Thy word. I want to tell you something, friend. What ought to help you study the Bible and meditate on the Bible and memorize the Bible and apply the Bible and, and, and share the Bible and witness with the Bible is it's his word, not your word. It's his word, not Wayne Cofield's word. It's his word, not some religious word. Folks, it's thy word. Folks, it's worth more than, uh, the, than any book. The Bible is, a, is the book of all books. As Brother um, uh, Jeremy said, it's, um, it's, it's the most uh, purchased book in the world every year, right? Every year it's the most purchased book in the world. Isn't that great? You know, and when I get down and out and think the world's all going to hell, I thank God there's some people still purchasing the book, amen? And I, I thank God that we can purchase the right book. But you know, I believe it's thy word, and, and folks, we ought to be encouraged that it's the best of books because of the source of it, the source of it. The Bible is the best of books because of its origin. Where does it come from? It comes from God. It's God's word to you, and you ought to read it. Thy word indicates a divine origin. God is the author of the Bible. Can somebody say amen? amen. There's over 40 writers, uh, 1,500 years, um, many, many thousands of verses and chapters and books, but not one contradiction. Isn't that wonderful? Thank God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scriptures given by inspiration, that means God breathed. Inspiration of God, and it's profitable. Don't you like that? I like something that's profitable, amen? It's profitable for doctrine. That's what is right. And it's profitable for reproof. That's what's not right. And uh, it says it's profitable for correction. That's how to get right, amen? You want to get right, get in the book. And then for instructions in righteousness, that's how to stay right. I'm just saying, friend, thank God the Bible's right. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, For the prophecy came not of old times of the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they're moved by the Holy Ghost. And so this is one of the best reasons that this is the best book for you and for me. And that's because of its source. But also, it's because of its stability. It's preserved and it's, in, and, and it's inspired. Inspired means inspire. It means God breathed. If God can inspire His Word, don't you think He can keep His Word? I'll never forget, I was at ordination service 
uh, and they opened it up for the whole church. They asked me questions. I said, oh, no, uh, this is going to be terrible because some of the questions I probably won't have the answer. And um, um, this one old guy got up, and he was trying to impress everybody with a question, and he about depressed me when he asked it. He said, uh, Brother Wayne, uh, what, a, what do you think about the lost books of the Bible? I thought for a second and said, I didn't know there was any. And so I just said it. I said, I don't think there is any. He said, well, you know, the lost books. And I said, well, sir, I believe if God can keep us saved, I think he can keep his books. Amen. I don't think he loses any books. And folks, I know that was probably a naive answer, but I want to tell you something, friend. I thank God, I thank God, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Psalms 119, verse 89. I told you I'd go to several verses, you ought to circle these verses. Folks, the word of God is right. Amen? It's just right. Uh, it's an absolute standard. Can somebody say amen? We're living in a world where nothing's wrong and nothing's right, and if you feel good, do it. No, if it's in this book, do it. The Bible, the Word of God in this longest chapter talks about the Word of God being right. Look at verse 75, Psalms 119. We'll stay in that one chapter, hopefully. It says in Psalms 119, 175, I know, O Lord, thy judgments are what? Say it, class, right. And that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Look at verse 86. Verse 86. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. Look at verse 128. Verse 128, Psalms 119. You with me? Say amen. amen. Psalms 120, uh, verse 128. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts. Do you esteem the word of God? Concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. Amen. Well, this is a good commentary on the Word of God, isn't it? Because it is the Word of God. Look at Psalms 137. Psalms 137. The Bible says this. Righteousness are thou, righteous are thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Folks, he never misjudges. He knows your heart. He knows my heart. When I'm preaching, I got one finger pointed. You got three fingers pointed at me. And if you don't believe it's an awesome responsibility to stay right as a preacher of the gospel, it is. You want to be right. You want to be filled with the Spirit of God, not hindered in any way. Uh, Psalms 130, 119, 137. Um, the Bible says, righteousness are, Righteous are thou. But look at verse 138. It says, Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. Psalms 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. Thy law is the what? Truth. Thank God for the truth. Amen. Truth. Absolutely. Amen. I'll amen myself on this message. But look at 144. Psalms 119, 144. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. Folks, when in the will of God, you're free to please God, to be like God, to glorify God. What a freedom. And I like, um, uh, speaking of freedom, uh, uh, Psalms 119, verse 45, I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. Where are you safest? In the will of God, say amen. You're immortal until God's finished with you, in the will of God. Folks, in the master's boundaries of love, it's a good place to be. Amen. 
If you're out of the will of God, it's dangerous ground. You need to walk on holy ground. And holy ground's based on the holy word of God. Where was I? Psalms 144. Psalms 119, 144. I shall live. But look at Psalms 119, 151. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Look at verse 160. I love this verse. I love them all. It says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. One more. Can I give you one more? You got time. Where are you going tonight anyway? How many is off tomorrow for Columbus Day? Raise your hand. Oh, my goodness. I'm in trouble. I was going to preach a little extra. Amen. Okay. Nobody's off for Columbus Day. Amen. Okay. Good. Praise God. But look at the Psalms 119, 164. The Bible says, seven times a day do I praise thee. Seven times a day. <laughs> Amen. Because of thy righteous judgments. Amen. I'm just going to say, friend, the Bible is right. You better say amen, brother. The Bible is right. It's right about creation. We didn't evolve some one cell amoeba that flipped over and became a tadpole. Tadpole got so uh, jumpy, became a frog. And the frog got so hairy, became an ape. And the ape showed up at Shaw in, in uh, executive training. It didn't happen that way. If monkeys made men back then, why don't monkeys make men now? Say amen. I've never been down to Grant Park or Chattanooga Zoo. I can't find Chattanooga Zoo. I tried to find it to take silence the other day. I don't even know where it's at. But I want to tell you something. I've never seen a man hatch out of one of those animals. I've never seen them in a cage. Have you? I mean, all of a sudden, there's a little precious little baby out there. No, friend. I want to tell you something. God created you. And he created you for his glory. Isn't that wonderful? You're above an animal. And folks, I want to tell you something. When you preach evolution in the schools, what you're teaching is you can live like an animal. Amen. I'll amen myself on that one. We need to live like God. God created us in His image. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. Genesis 1.26 And He made male and female. That brings me to another point. God's right about marriage. One woman, one man, lifetime. Come on, that's God's plan. Folks, it's not Adam and Steve, it's Adam and Eve. And I'm not making a joke of that, that's sick. It's abomination to God. You say you're worried about losing your tax exempt? I, I, didn't, I didn't get in this thing for government help. Praise God, I'm going to tell you something, friend. The government has perverted what marriage is all about. When a vice president can perform a uh, same-sex marriage before she gets in office, our country's in trouble. Come on. You say, I don't like that. I'm not running for any office. I'm preaching. Amen. God help our nation to get right about marriage. Oh, by the way, God's right about gender. Amen. You born a boy, be a boy. Get a tractor and push it through the dirt. Put you some overalls on and jump a tractor for all I care. But praise God, don't play with dolls and don't wear pink unless it's a pink tie for uh, breast cancer awareness. Amen. I got one of those. Act like a man. Or act like a little boy anyway. Amen. Praise God. Come on now. And the, and the world's warping that. Oh, just let him be who he wants to be. I want to tell you something, friend. Gender was, was uh, settled when they were born. And it is, it is ungodliness. I didn't know I was going to get on all this. It's ungodliness to think your God... That you can change your sex. 
change her gender. Think about that for a second. What you're saying? You're saying, Creator, come down on my level. I'm going to manage you for a while. I'm my own Creator. I'm my own God. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. God's right on marriage. God's right on gender. Thank God. God's just right. God's right on morals. Amen. God's right on salvation. God's Word's right on salvation. By grace, through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. Calvary's enough. God's right about heaven and hell. And whosoever can go to heaven. Come on, Calvinists. Get right with God. God's right about prophecy. He's the only one who knows the future. A weatherman can't even get it right. Say amen. <laughs> they lose their job every five years. Amen. Oh, folks, God's right. God's right. God's right about how we ought to treat our fellow man. The Bible says we ought to love everybody and forgive anyone that's hurt us. Come on. God's right. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting bogged down, but I think I'm getting bogged down in the right trail. Folks, listen. We're thankful that the best of books, because of its source, but because of its stability, because of its direction. First Peter chapter 1, verse 24 says this, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is a flower of grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away. We're all dying. Appreciate somebody that was in the hospital all last night, called me this morning and said, I won't make Sunday school or church, but I'll try to make it tonight. And he's here tonight. Thank God for that diligence. But look, look at verse 25 of 1 Peter 1. It says this, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Folks, the word of God's going to live on. And I'll tell you something. Yesterday when I was talking to that brokenhearted um, daddy and husband that lost his wife at the age of 29, maybe 31. Thank God she got saved in her church when she was a little girl. I didn't know what to say. We just cried with him. And he didn't want any explanations. He wanted me to say, there's a purpose. He didn't want to hear that right now. He's still grieving, overcome with it. But I'll tell you one thing. I left him a copy of the book of Romans and John, the little gospel that we hand out. And you know something? That word will stay a lot longer than my words and my lack of words. Because I didn't know what to say. Brother Mark, did you know what to say? All we could do is weep with it. All we could do is care. All we could do is try to put ourselves in his place, but I didn't want to do it too long because I couldn't stand it. And so, folks, listen, the Word of God will work. And that's the third reason it's the best of books. Not only because it's authoritative and it's reliable and it's accurate, it's the best of books because it's sufficient. The Bible contains everything we need for faith. Can somebody say amen? It's our guide for faith and practice. Somebody asked me, said, how did you know how to start a New Testament church? I just went by the New Testament. <laughs> I didn't have no, I, I, this is the first church I've ever pastored. Y'all sure are patient people. I've grown up with y'all. I was 27 years old, had a full head of hair. Brother, uh, Cody was concerned about this being on our telecast, our broadcast, this, this light, because it glows so much. I said, listen, uh, Brother Cody, if the glow off my head doesn't distort, distort the broadcast, we're okay. Amen. Just leave it on. 
And we'll take it down if we have to. But I want to tell you something, friend. The Word of God is sufficient. Amen. Folks, I'm going to tell you something, friend. You want wisdom? God will give you wisdom. He's the, it's the best of books. Because of the source, because of the stability, because of its, of its sufficiency to help us in every circumstance of life. Say amen. The Word's right. But let me just say this, and you might have to slip, slip down to number six, brother Cody, but the Word revives. The Word will give you revival. How many need a little life? Say amen. Some of you look like you need a whole lot of life. Amen. You've already went to sleep. This ain't the time to sleep. No, I'm not kidding. You're, you're fine. You're doing good. I just don't want to keep you too long. But it revives. Look at Psalms 119.25. Here we go on an adventure again. Here we go. Through the verses. I love it. I just love it. Uh, My soul cleaveth unto them. Where are we at? 25. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. What's the word quicken mean, brother Jeremy? Bring to life. Amen. You want life and life more abundant? Get in this book. Obey this book. Get a hunger for this book. Be faithful to this book because it's God's word. It's God's word, not man's word. Look at, um, let's just jump chapters just a little bit. Psalms 19, verse 7. Don't you love Psalms 19? I heard some people sing this one time, Lest Roloff Girls, many years ago or somebody. Psalms, Psalms 19, verse 7. Psalms 19, verse 7. The Bible says this, The law of the Lord is perfect. Can somebody say amen right there? Am I going too fast for you? Okay, I'll slow up. I know how much notes I got to cover, so I, you know, praise God, we'll do it next Sunday or the Sunday after. Brother Dean's preaching next Sunday. Verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You know, folks, life should be a life of wisdom. And wisdom begins with the fear of God, say amen. And folks, the fear of God means you know God knows. And it's an awesome, listen, it's, a, it's an awesome dread of displeasing God. That's the fear of God. You better hope your children grow up with the fear of God because you'll not always be with them. You'll not always be supervising. You'll not always be checking on them. But if they fear God, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. Fear of God means you respect God. You know God knows. You know God knows your heart. And folks, I want to tell you something. That's revival. When a person starts fearing God and loving God more than himself and the world and all the things of the world, you're, you're in a state of revival. Amen? It's yielding to the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God makes God real. Without the Spirit, you can't pray. Without the Spirit, you can't witness. Without the Spirit, you can't even call Him Lord, much less crown Him Lord. Amen? Hey, folks, I want to tell you something. The Word of God strengthens. Look at verse 28. Verse 28. Write these verses down. I don't have time to cover them all, but I probably will. It says, My soul, my soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Folks, you ought to be burdened for the condition the world's in. You ought to be burdened for the condition of the political world, the economic world, the medical world. It's exhausting. 
to think about all our nurses and doctors and what they've been through the last two years. God bless you, nurses. God bless you, doctors. I try to pray for you every day. And folks, I want to tell you something. The only way you can get a, a source of strength from all the heaviness of this world is according to thy word. Hey, the Bible says that uh, the word gives life and hope. Look at verse 81, Psalms 119. Y'all not bored with this, are you? Amen. Psalms 119.81 My soul fainteth for salvation, but my hope is in thy word. Amen? You ever talk to someone that's lost hope? I mean, they can't even look up. They're all bowed down. Maybe bitter. Bitter at God. Shattered by the circumstances. Folks, the word of God the Word of God will give them hope. You know, in counseling, you ought to be a good listener, but I tell you what in counseling you ought to do, you ought to give them the Word. Secular counseling is not going to get the job done. Go pay $70 and lay on the couch and talk about your mother uh, dropping you on your head when you was two months old. Go ahead and do it. But I want to tell you something, unless He gives you the Word of God, you won't leave there with much hope. You won't leave there with much hope. The, the Word of God gives life. Look at verse 93. Verse 93. The Bible says this, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. How did you get saved? You found out in the Word of God that you were a sinner. You found out you needed a Savior. You found out that your strength was not enough to live this life. And you got saved. And you passed from death unto life, John 5, 24. Amen. He quickened you. From the dead, spiritually, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Oh, folks, the Word of God gives you life. Look at Psalms 119, 107. The Bible says, I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. You ever needed a fresh breath of hope and peace and joy? He gives you life. And then the Word of God gives you light. Psalms 119, verse 105. You know it. But let's read it. Let's see it. It says, Thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Isn't that wonderful? In the Bible days, they had a light that was up on a stick and it would show the uh, path on down the line a little bit. But then they had a lamp at their feet so they could see each step. Because there was a lot of serpents and scorpions and wild dogs, I guess. I don't know what's around, around the Bible days. But I know one thing. I like the, the Lord directing every step. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Folks, we need a lamp for every step. Folks, I want to tell you something. You miss the will of God and your life could have a horrendous detour from God's blessing. You miss it. You marry wrong. You, uh, get, you get your wrong priorities. You go to the wrong school. You get the wrong attitude. You'll miss it. You'll miss it. You go to the wrong church, you'll miss it. This ain't Ted Mack's amateur hour. This is the Word of God preached. Come on. He gives light. Psalms 119, 130. And I'll stop this. But it says this. The entrance of thy words giveth light, giveth understanding unto the simple. I want to know the will of God, don't you? 
The will of God is not mysterious. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. The Word of God is the will of God. Go by this book. And unless you're, a, unless you're obeying this book, don't you expect God to give you the specific personal will of God in your life. You'll never know it. You need to know His will from His Word. And then He'll lead you according to His Word. Let me give you one more. You got time? 119, 165. I was quoting this all the way to church before the prayer meeting tonight because I needed it. It says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Now, I'm not there right, right yet. I'm working on it because I do sometimes get offended. And I try not to. And I think I know how to forgive because I'm still here after 43 years. If you don't think this preacher's been hurt, and my family's been hurt, folks, the ministry is a warfare. And the devil wants to make sure you're hurt and on the sidelines. But thank God we can forgive. You know why a lot of preachers resign? They get bitter at the crowd. They get bitter at the circumstances. They think it'll be better down the road. And folks, it hits them again. People. <laughs> Hurt. Misunderstanding. And they need to learn to forgive. And I need to learn to forgive. But I want to tell you what the Bible says. Great peace have they which love thy law. I just had to take a detour and go through that. Let me just give you the points and we'll go. My time's just about up. That I set on myself. Because I know I can't give the whole bale of hay to the cow at one time. Or you'll choke to death. <laughs> Amen. That's a South Georgia terminology, please. But anyway, I see the best of books, but I see the best of places. The best of places. Look in verse 11. It says, Thy word, I think we've established the word's valuable, and the word is so viable. And praise God, the word is so verifiable. It's inspired and it's preserved. But I want to tell you something. We ought to realize that what we ought to do with the best of books is we ought to realize the word of God is the best of books, but thank God we need to Take it to the best of places. Look at it. Thy word have I hid in my heart. My heart. That's the best of places. When you put God's word with your whole heart into your heart. How many's read a chapter and didn't get a thing out of it? All of us are reading our Bible through, I, I assume. But have you ever read a, a, a chapter and your mind wanders into wild blue yonder? I mean, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck comes in, your thoughts. Where, where did they come from? I don't know. But I've had some crazy thoughts, and I have to diss myself and say, okay, you, your mind was wondering, and it's hard when you get my age for it not to wonder. You have to go back to verse 1, try to read it again. Amen? Read it again. Get something out of it. Let God speak to your heart. It's not just a, uh, a duty. It's a delight. But folks, the heart in the Bible does not mean this pump. You know, some people say, have you asked Jesus into your heart? And little children say, well, I don't know, it's still beating. That's not what the Bible term of heart is. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Bible says you ought to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Folks, your, your heart is your in intellect, but it's also your emotions. It's also your will, and it's also, praise God, your conscience. It's your mind, will, and emotion. It's all of you. When you ask Jesus to come in your heart, you're saying, Lord, 
take over in all my life. I know we got to grow in that, but folks, He's still Lord. He's still Lord. And folks, I want to tell you something. The psalmist said, don't hide it in your cupboard. And don't hide it in your dash. Don't hide it in your trunk. But hide it and store it in your heart. Hide means treasure. Hide means means uh, let the Word of God permeate and be the center of your life and the core of your being. Every part of you. Treasure it. Every decision. Treasure it. Some people don't even read it. How can we hide the Bible in our hearts? Well, what we need to do is, the Word of God says, we need to respect it. We need to read it. We need to meditate on it. Joshua 1.8 says that's success if you meditate on the Word of God. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 1 that it, it ought to be our meditation day and night. Then we're like a tree planted by the rivers. We have a hidden source to the world. They don't understand why you have peace in these dismal, dark days. They don't understand why you're not falling apart. They don't, they don't understand why you don't get even with everybody that hurts you. They don't understand it. But you've got a tree. You've got a source. You've got a root system. And it's a river of living water. It's the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And if it's not scriptural, it's not spiritual. Say amen. A lot of people just say, i got this spooky leading. It better be scriptural leading. Well, I don't, one lady said, I don't care what the Bible says. I know what I experience. That is bad. It's not your experience. It's the Word of God. Job 23.12 says, Neither have I gone back from thy commandments of thy lips. I esteem thy words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. Praise God. If we could just get a hunger for the Word of God like we do strawberry shortcake, we would be spiritual. You Baptists, if we, if we hungered after the Word of God like we did fried chicken, we'd be spiritually prosperous. I almost said fat. Spiritually prosperous. Amen? We'd be healthy spiritually is what I'm saying. So the best of books, hidden in the best of places. But why should we hide the best of books in the best of places? Look at the third phrase of that verse. It says, that I might not sin against thee. That's the best of reasons, number three. The best of reasons. David tells us that the reason he has God's Word in his heart is that he might not sin against God. In other words, Psalmist was telling us here that the Word of God hidden in our heart sanctifies us. You know what the word sanctified means? John 17, 17, we're sanctified by His truth. And folks, we watch more Hollywood than we do the Word and wonder why we're not sanctified, thrilled, filled, and satisfied. Folks, it causes us, number one, to recognize sin. Look at verse 25, Psalms 119. My soul cleaveth into the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. God help us to realize the greatest filter system in the word is the word of God in our hearts. Garbage in, garbage out. Had that put on my program when I was a computer programmer at Georgia State University. G-I-G-O. I didn't know what in the world he meant. I went up to the professor and he says it means garbage in, garbage out. Well, let me say this. Gospel in gospel out. Folks, I want to tell you something. We ought to saturate our mind, will, and emotions with God's Word all the time. Filter system. Filter system. Our tendency is to excuse sin. 
But once we begin to read and meditate on the Word of God and hide it in our heart, treasure it, meditate on it, we see sin as a horrible thing. We see sin as exceedingly sinful. And that it put is the reason that Jesus had to go to the cross. God requires truth in the inward parts. In Psalms 51, when David was confessing the sin of adultery and murder, he said God requires truth in the inward parts. And he said, you're not looking for a sacrifice religiously. You're looking for a broken and contrite heart thou will not despise. And the reason he was there because he despised God's commandment. Look it up sometime. 2 Samuel chapter 12, about 9 and 10. Then it said, and God said, and thus you despise me. You know what that's saying? Count it as ordinary. God's not ordinary and neither is His word. Let me close real quick. Folks, this ought to be our prayer. Quicken my conscience. Until we feel the loathsomeness of sin. And then it makes us hate sin. By nature, we love sin. When we begin to read and meditate on the Word of God, God shows us how sinful sin really is. When we begin to dwell deeply in the Word of God, we find ourselves loving all that God loves and hating all that God hates. And that's called holiness. Amen? Does that, does that offend you that we ought to be holy? Jesus said, be holy as I am holy. And then last but not least, it points us to the only remedy of sin. When we read the Scriptures, we're pointed to the sin barrier. Amen? Folks, I want to say this. There's a crimson cord running from Genesis to Revelation. Here it is. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Amen? John was baptizing in the River Jordan. He stopped everything and he looked up and saw Jesus coming his way and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Oh, friend, we need to realize as John, 1 John 2, 1 says, My little children, these, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if, you, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Oh, friend, there's only one way. And this Bible points to Him in every page, in every book. The theme from Genesis to Revelation is the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. So folks, listen. Please listen. This is the best of books. And folks, we ought to put it in the best of places, our heart, our lives, for the best of reason that we be sanctified, and that we sin less, we won't be, you know, we won't be perfect till we get there. But we shouldn't excuse ourselves and say, "Well, I'm just Baptist." No, we ought to say, "Dear Lord, I want to be just like you, and I want to see sin as you see it, and I want to call sin what it is, and I want to judge sin as what it is." And that's First John one nine. If we confess our sin, not just. Just saying you sin, then you're going to sin again. It's saying, Lord, I see it as you see it. I know that that sin puts you on the cross. And I repent. That's true confession. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for the time we've had together. And God, thank you for the longest chapter in the Bible.
And I didn't want this to be the longest message I ever preached, but dear God, I had to be thorough. And I thank you for that precious verse 11, where it says the Word of God, Thy Word, the source of it, have I hid in my heart, the best of places, that I might not sin against Thee, the best of reasons. God help us. God help us to stay in the book, stay in the Word, Memorize it, meditate on it, read it, reread it, and we'll be more like you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, have me say, Preacher, tonight I needed the message. Because sometimes I just take this as an ordinary book. I don't read it every day. I don't meditate on it. I don't pray over it. I don't get a thing out of it. And sometimes I just don't even obey it. But tonight God's convicted me that the best of books should be first in my life. And that I should meditate on it night and day. And let it be and work thoroughly in my life. And that's your prayer tonight. Would you slip your hand up real high? i got to raise both mine. I just want God's Word to be precious and more precious to me all over this place. Is there anyone who say, Preacher, I'm not even saved. You don't have the resident teacher, the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and convict you and convert you. And you need to be saved to understand the Bible. Natural man understandeth not spiritual things. You'll never understand the Bible. And you'll never get a thing out of the Bible. And you'll not get strength from the Bible until you're saved. And you say, Preacher, I'm not saved, but I sure would like to be. Please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high and then back down? I want to do the most I can do for you. I want to pray for you. Anyone? Anyone? Father, thank you for this tonight. Thank you for the Lord's Supper. Lord, just a precious time we've had to sing and worship. God, to listen to your word. Thank you for chapter 119 of Psalms. God, may we meditate on it. May we read it. God, may we let it read us. And God, may we store it and treasure it and hide the word of God in our hearts that we not sin against thee and we be more like you. We're going to praise you and thank you for what you do in our lives through the Word this week. In Jesus' name, amen.